Knock, knock. Who's there? Two. To who? No, it's to whom. Welcome to the Video Reformation Podcast. I'm Ben Oliver. All for it. I'm Justin Plant. <laughs> We're the co-founders of Storyboard Media and your guides to practicing effective video for business. We're like the Don Diego de la Vega to your Alejandro Murrieta in The Mask of Zorro. Mm. You know that one, right? There it is. Um, so today we're going to teach For you listeners, how to... that was a Z with my, with my sword. Right. Well, that's why you watch the video version is so mm-hmm. that you can actually see. Get all the extra features. Yeah. Maybe we overdub snaps instead of your shushes, and then it just looks like you're doing that. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about... We're going to be teaching you how to build your own video roadmap. Uh, before we do, though, um, sad to announce that that we've not been I, able to draw over I saw the same coming, sponsor. I, you honest. know, once is you know just once, twice is a coincidence. Fifty four times <laughs> is probably a bit. That we're f- just really I, what episode are we? Yeah, forty somewhere around there. We're in the forties, fifties, something like that. Um, so new sponsor this week. Um, stick around later in the episode to hear the full spot, but our sponsor this week is Plant Magic. Yeah. 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 Uh, that could go anywhere, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or do anything. It, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, without all these typical starting things, we're jumping right into the uh, topic. It's about here. time. Yeah. I was listening to one of our other ones. It would take far too long to get to the topic. Um, okay. So how to build your own video roadmap. I don't necessarily want to make it seem like this is something that, that we do as magic, or maybe this is like the magician that, I sorry, think- the illusionist that nobody likes who like <laughs> reveals the tricks. <laughs> I set uh, you up for it. Yeah, no, I was, I, yeah. There's a couple right. steps behind this morning. So Yeah, that's okay. Um there is a it does feel like there's a little bit of magic involved, which I think is gonna be the difficult part on you know the second half of this episode. Yeah. Um or part two we'll just of this episode, it. depending yeah, we'll on how on point we are for part yeah. one. Um so let me start by asking you, um, what is a video roadmap? Well, it's uh it's I guess a a phrase or term that we've used to describe a video strategy or to, yeah, that is a video strategy. So uh, when we create these video roadmaps, a lot of times we'll spend, you know, a certain number of weeks with our clients, um, different stakeholders asking a lot of very intense questions uh, about their, their marketing department or their sales processes or any number of things. Um, And in the end, we, we get to tell them, all right, here's here strategically, these are the videos you need to make over the next eight months. Mm -hmm. And so it's a nice, it's a nice way to build a budget for, for your video, uh, efforts. It's a, it's a nice way to kind of corral some efforts and and all be pointed in the same direction as a team. I think it also, uh, provides you the context of what all the videos you intend to make are also. Because so often you get into those conversations creatively or, or strategically about what do we want to say in this video? And the default for most people when they're starting out with videos, they want to do like one video that speaks to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's the problem when you, when you just jump in and say, oh, we need a product video. 
but right. you don't know. Yeah, you said the context. I, I get it, but like, but but if you, I mean, to to pull on that thread, if you did a so so we've got a client right now where they said we want to do an overview video of our product, mm-hmm. and so we started scripting that, and in one of our first review sh- sessions with the client, um, we had picked a relatable use case. The client said, "Well, this feels too retail specific. H- how are we going to address?" hospitality and how are we going to address healthcare? Cause those are, you know, retail hospitality and healthcare, are like our three top industries. And then the recommendation was now this is also making video without a roadmap in place. Mm-hmm. And so then it occurred to us to make a, an industry agnostic overview of the product mm-hmm. and then three industry specific where we could use those use cases and highlight those differentiators mm-hmm. that are specific to I mean, the the privacy concerns with like the HIPAA constraints in healthcare apply directly to that where they don't necessarily with retail mm-hmm. uh, or travel and hospitality. Yeah. And so if if you were to have done it the other way around, knowing that we're going to do a product overview video that's industry agnostic, but then we're going to hit each of our key industries, that changes what you have to cram into the overall overview video. Sure. But it also lets you be... You know, it, it helps you make the decisions on what to put in the, mm-hmm. the other videos. So having that roadmap, whether it's directly related like that, or we know we're going to do a founder story video, so we don't have to address that right. in our brand wide video. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so let's. I, I think we've talked about this before, but we didn't. We didn't start storyboard media to be like a video roadmap or a video strategy company. We kind of got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you tell the story a lot uh, to prospects and I know some of our audience have heard it, but kind of walk us through our evolution from where we started to where we got to like, yeah. Requiring a strategy. Well, like any uh, entrepreneur, we were basically taking whatever business we can get, keeping the lights on, uh, keeping things in motion and trying to basically just have fun with doing what we love to do. Um, and so probably the first two, two-ish years, and even, you know, it still happens today every now and then, but uh, we at least, we, we at least can see it coming. Yeah. Uh, but what would happen is we would make a, a great, you know, founder story video and the client would love it. We would love it. And we'd hand it off to them and say, great. Uh, here's your final invoice, whatever. And then, you know, we'd all go, we'd all go our separate ways. Um, we'd come back a couple months later when business was slow and <laughs> wanting to, to maybe get that next video from that client. Uh, and so you just check in, Hey, how's, how's the founder's video going for you guys? Oh, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, no. I think we got it up on our site a couple months ago. Oh no, it was just on YouTube. It's on YouTube. And then you, you look like I would already look. Yeah. It's on your intern's YouTube channel. Uh, it's not doing you a whole lot of good there with a title that says founders video dash final dot final final dot version four. Uh, that's not doing any, like it's, it, it's doesn't even have your company name in it. There's no description. There's a lot of things missing. And, sure. and so you're not, basically we didn't see our clients getting a return on the 10, 15, $20,000 investments they were making in these videos. Um, and that was a problem for us from, from like renewing business. Yeah. Uh, it was, was also a, a problem for our clients because who's going to hire somebody if they can't pr- 
prove a return or provide a return. It was a long, dark winter. It was <laughs> at first. Year. Yeah, we got a little maniacal at some points. Uh, we'll do an episode on like our lowest moments. <laughs> yeah. One of these days. Breaking Ben. Um, now you're getting there. Uh, getting warmed up. So it was an arduous path getting to where we are now. And it's still, you know, we're learning and adapting and doing things differently and, and improving that process. But it took us probably a year or so to to really figure out, well, how do we solve this problem? Like if they're having a problem getting it out there and getting it in front of people and making sure that their clients see it and and somehow now their clients are spending more money with them. Well, you kind of have to back up a little bit before the video is even made and say, well, where, where are we intending to put this? And do we mm-hmm. have a version that's suitable for YouTube and and all the other accoutrement that go with uploading video, thumbnails, um, you know, titles, tags, descriptions, those things. But where else should it be and how are you going to get people to see it? And and so you really have to back up all the way to what is our, you know, our first phase of effective video for business, which is building a strategy so that you can see, and even if it's just for one video, a roadmap mm-hmm. can still be, is still really helpful to right. have that strategy for that concept. Our first client who, who bought the, uh, a strategic session with us. And we kind of both felt our way through this, this process. And, and I'm really grateful for that, that time we had with that, with that company. They were really good to us. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of fast forward. We, we get to today where that's, the majority of our engagements are starting with a six, eight week uh, strategic engagement where we, we get to build this roadmap. I seem to recall <clears throat> we'd identified the problem. Like nobody knew why they were making the video they were asking or mm-hmm. why they were asking us to make the video they were asking us to make. And I seem to recall that that it was an, uh, a blog post or an article from Brennan Dunn, uh, mm. your freelancing guy. That I think I was reading like over the weekend or something. And that was the first time I saw any reference to basically a, a paid strategic engagement. And the positioning was almost like just get paid to pitch. Mm-hmm. What was kind of the the approach to it. But but the key elements in there, like that was kind of the aha moment where we we'd identified this problem. We didn't know quite how to go about it. And then all of a sudden that was like that was the answer to that was the 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 most likely answer to the problem mm-hmm. we had and i think at that time we'd even like i think a year earlier we had gone through one of his courses and it was just over our heads mm-hmm. like we, that was in our first year and we were still trying to figure out what to do yeah. um and and this was maybe 6 or 12 months after that and all of a sudden just the time was right and so i'm sure we read about it you know a, a paid strategic engagement and I think, you know, his positioning was like, you know, make it 10% of of the expected value of the uh, actual contract. I mean, he was had very specific things like that um, that he was getting into. But I recall that being kind of the aha moment. And so, of course, we did what we did, which is take someone else's idea and just totally make it our own. Mm-hmm. Not that any of this is, is rewriting. I mean, not that any of this is necessarily novel. I mean, when we walk through it, it's, uh, you know, with. You know, like we walked through it with the Raleigh PR Society a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and several people in the audience who've, who've, you know, been at agencies for a while were like, oh, yeah, this makes total sense because this is what we do for yeah, whatever it's, it is that they I, did. I always have to say, like, guys, this is nothing new. If you're in marketing, this is nothing yeah. new building out these strategies. But people were treating video differently because it was new and they didn't really know. 
Uh, there's a lot of like video can be integrated in a lot of different ways, but if you don't take the time to think through those, those problems and, and even have somebody from the outside looking in to help you see where your roadblocks are or where right. your, you know, where your opportunities are, that's really, really helpful. Well, there's the, and I think there's, there's two parts to that too. And, and I, I don't know if it's something we're supposed to be talking about later, but but the outside perspective, I mean, we always talk about it as like the outside of the bottle, mm-hmm. right? I mean, someone who isn't in the office working with the same product, you know, with the same things day in, day out, you have a fresh perspective. You can see what the label on the bottle says, mm-hmm. whereas the people in-house are just kind of stuck in it. Um, everybody's felt that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's pretty common. That's why people go to a therapist. Sure. They don't understand their own problems. Yeah. Well, and, and that's why so much of therapy is is – you know, the therapist sitting there asking you things and then just, just pulling the threads and, and mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? Oh, well, I hadn't thought about that mm-hmm. because it just like cascades into whatever. Yes. And very often we get to a point in these where <laughs> we realize that we are a therapist mm-hmm. for our clients in, in, in yeah. many situations. Um, completely unlicensed though. So that's, <laughs> that's healthy. Um, but, but the other part too is, and 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 we realized with this with that first client that we did uh, a springboard, which is I don't even know if we've said springboard. I don't yet, know if we the springboard uh, is how we have kind of named. And I don't even know if we had a name for it then. I don't know if we did either. But the first client we did that with, we learned a valuable lesson too because we did we did a couple full day workshops mm-hmm. with them uh, in their offices, and we had a, an existing relationship with the new CMO. She brought us in and she brought in basically the heads of the marketing department to to have these discussions. And I think it was maybe like 1030 in the morning. I mean, we were maybe an hour and a half into this thing where somebody said, you know, we've just never talked, sat down and talked about these mm-hmm. things like this. And we're, and we're talking about, like, what are your goals for this year? Who are your personas? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had these kind of vague ideas of their personas, but. They all like had their own image, an individual image of the personas. And so it took the group conversation to to flesh those out and realize, well, you know, this person had this image of the persona, mm-hmm. but this other person had had this slightly different image. And and we were just helping them map it out, just facilitating a conversation yeah. that that over and over and over again we I mean, the one that you know, one that we just did was the 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 founder and the guy that he brought in as CEO. And they have had all these thoughts and you could, and also what was really interesting is you could see on their website and what they do is develop websites that they had very specific language, like in the hero section of their homepage. And one of the things that David did that I thought was really clever was um, he took some of the language that they told us mm-hmm. in the interviews and changed the, he went into inspect element basically and changed the hero copy and like that first paragraph to straight up just quotes that they had given us in our conversations mm-hmm. through the roadmap. And we put that in the roadmap presentation and it made their homepage so much more understandable and accessible. Mm-hmm. And yet it was their words, but it was their words to someone else mm-hmm. as opposed to the abstract thoughts that they have in their head, trying to put that into some kind of verbal form Yeah, on but a I web page. Clients, you're going to know your company better than, I'm, I'm speaking to our clients. They're going to mm-hmm. know their company way better than we ever will. It's our job to pull that stuff out and help them organize that. And that's, I guess, what the roadmap is. There's, yeah. Yeah. It's it's all there. It's just 
it really is like a therapist. It's just like asking the right questions to get them to realize mm -hmm. certain things. And those things present themselves to us. And all we do is capture Package them together. Yep. And then you get to that magic part. It's how, how do you take these things that are now truths and turn them into strategic mm -hmm. concepts, those kinds of things. Um, so before we like totally dive in to each of the steps, um, it's worth talking. Uh, it's worth talking about the two potential audiences that we have for this podcast, because I think this, we're going to speak about it in general terms. We're probably going to speak about it a lot. Well, we're going to speak about our experience with it, but we're also going to speak about what it's done for our clients. So our two audiences primarily are people in the marketing space, mm -hmm. right? That, that are marketing department employees, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're, you know, part of an in-house video team or an in-house marketing team, whatever it is. So that's one audience that as you're listening you'll be able to take away certain things. But we also know that we've got another chunk of our audience that are, you know, freelance video makers, small agencies like ourselves, things like that. And so there's a lot where we can talk about how we approach it that, that they can take out of this. Mm -hmm. So so there's we had discussed whether we wanted it to tailor wanted to tailor it to one audience or the other, but but so we're coming from a but position we can't keep of, in our own head. <laughs> right. But we're coming from a position of these are our experiences, but but we also know what it's done for our clients too. So there's opportunity for both audiences to be able to, you know, at the end of this episode or these episodes, whatever it ends up being, be able to build a roadmap for your company or for one of your clients. So big picture. Um, and I think if you go to potentially the first episode of this podcast. Mm -hmm. we break strategy down into two fundamental parts. There's the diagnosis and there's the prescription. Mm -hmm. Same as if you would go to a car mechanic or a doctor or a therapist. Yeah. I get most of my medical prescriptions from my mechanic. Yeah. So part one of the entire creating a video roadmap process is the diagnosis. Um, and so that's really a, a deep dive. When you go to the doctor, it's, you know, what symptoms are you presenting with? What, mm -hmm. what, you know, uh, what's your diets, what's your work, you know, how much do you work out? Like all those kinds of questions, depending on the issue you may be presenting, they're not going to just say, uh, they're not going to just write you a prescription because you say, Oh, I've got a rash on my back. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to, like, that is irresponsible. Yes. I mean, I mean that, yes. And, and, and maybe not for a rash, but for something else that's malpractice. Yeah, right. Yeah. So they're going to at least, investigate what's going on mm -hmm. and they're going to be able, I'm just going to go with the rash thing and they're going to be able to, to differentiate between eczema and ringworm and some kind of like fungal infection. Mm -hmm. And uh, some treatments were better for one than the other mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. So God forbid they give you the wrong treatment and like the whole thing explodes. Yeah. Also, you know, do you have allergies? Do you, yeah. you know, yeah. do you have a history? Of, yeah. This is going to, this is going to, you know, interact with this other medication that you're currently taking, mm -hmm. um, uh, whatever. And also what, um, what other conditions might be more prevalent because you have that, you know, right. So if you've got high blood pressure, then you may be at advanced risk for heart disease or something like mm -hmm. that. So they're aware of all of those things because they do that proper diagnosis. Um, so for this, this is about looking at, looking at what you have, and like what you know, as like of right what now. you know, like mm -hmm. what's there and 
organizing all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of, of the diagnosis phase. So some of the key pillars um, are, you know, what are your goals? That's the foundation of all of this. Yeah. Why are we, what are we trying to do as a company? Yeah, as what's, a team? what's this video or what are these videos or what do we need our video this year to do? Who are our audiences? What do we, what do we need to, um, how do we need to break them down? What do we know about them? What, what are their behavioral characteristics? What are, uh, what's their journey? Mm-hmm. Um, what platforms and channels are we using or are available to us? How are we going to get this? message to those audiences. Yeah, where are they? Uh, what platforms are we using that we want to integrate with? Those, you know, those kinds of things. And then, of course, there are all kinds of secondary things like who's our competition? What's some of our key messaging? What are our differentiators? Um, what content do we have? Right. What's succeeded? What doesn't? Yeah. Um, so those are all the things that you, that you want to take stock of, basically. And so it's it, it seems pretty straightforward that I could just sit down at my desk one day as an individual in a marketing department and say, Oh, well, we need to increase our revenue by 12%. And, uh, we've got our Sarah persona and we've got our Jeff persona and, you know, all the way through, but I feel like that's probably not going to be as effective as if you maybe engage some other people. Mm -hmm. So it's talking to multiple people and and having multiple people ask, uh, you know, going off the doctor, uh, metaphor, the doctor really just gets to interview you. It's your body. It's your situation. It's your symptoms, whatever. Well, the business is, it is made up of many different individuals and those individuals all have different, uh, perspectives, responsibilities, worries, um, understandings. And so doing these, might I, okay. Uh, one person at your company might be the heart, which your doctor listens yeah. to. Okay. And one go. might be Here the lungs, which your doctor listens to separately. The lung bones connected to the nose. Stomach bone. bone. Oh, both. <laughs> That's why smell affects taste. Got it. Yep. Okay. Doctors. Uh, go <clears throat> on. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ben. Um, so, yeah. So, we get, a, we get the opportunity to, to interview a lot of people who are involved in, you know, whether it's the person who is just the one out there who's distributing and actually like got their fingers in the keyboard and, and uploading it to places, or if it's the person who's in charge of the content strategy, or if it's the salesperson who's going to need to use this at the, you know, the last stage of the sale to really lock something in. All these people have different needs and, and it's great to, to pull all that information in. What's really awesome about that is a lot of times you'll you'll hear different things from different people mm-hmm. on the same exact topic. That's my favorite part. Yeah. That is, I mean, that alone is worth <laughs> sometimes like just straightening some of that shit out is yeah. worth the, uh, the exercise. Well, and, and there's two sides to it. One, I, you know, when, when you interview multiple people and you hear similar points, but, but said three or four different ways, you get a greater understanding of what like the, mm-hmm. the kernel of truth is yeah. in there. Yep. Um, but I think another element to this, too, is that it, it really helps to have multiple people doing the interviewing. So we always have at least two people on on our side That's when, true. We're, when we're directing these, right? Yeah. Because one of the things that, that we learned early on was that you and I hear the exact same words differently. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, no matter who's on the springboard for us, it just keeps happening. A client can say the exact same words. Both parties or three parties can hear the, the words. Write the same down way, the same thing. <laughs> but they interpret them slightly differently. Yeah. And so a, a key part of this process that we'll get to then is after you've had all these kind of stakeholder conversations is then you have to go and, and kind of group everything and organize everything and synthesize everything. And that's where those perspectives come in so valuably because you hear what two or three people thought that the person meant when mm-hmm. they said something. And so that that even it, – it's, it's twice or three times as much data basically to say – this is what they're really trying to get at. Or you get to have that discussion about, um, oh, I didn't, that didn't even occur to me. I heard this. And then you get to craft your follow-up based on. So when we were talking last time, mm-hmm. uh, you said this, what, what did you mean by that? And then you get to, you don't have to make these assumptions, mm-hmm. but you get to highlight these opportunities where, and, and then of course is there's the thing where there is no kernel of truth. And they're like, they're just straight up miscommunications and someone on the team is thinking one thing and someone on the team is thinking the other. And, um, I see that really careful about how you bring that up. But I mean, it's your responsibility at that point to bring that up. I see a a lot, mostly when, um, upper management is new to the company and comes in, not knowing everything that the other people know, and they just have different inherited assumptions and, yeah. And, and someone from one company could say a word like marketing qualified lead or a phrase, and it means something completely different mm-hmm. in another company, but they never take the time to hash that that, that stuff out. Yeah, or, because uh, I think we've all experienced this, somebody says, and that's where it goes to sales. Mm-hmm. But that's somebody from the marketing department thinking this is where it ends with us and it goes to sales. But then sales looking upriver is like, well, and that's when it comes to us and there's this gap, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And marketing thinks they pass it off here and sales thinks they get it here. And then there's a whole lot of leads that are just falling through the cracks, mm-hmm. you know, in this gap or or whatever that scenario may be. Um, to pull on the doctor thread a little bit too, uh, when I was in high school, I had um, a thing on the inside of my lip and it's kind of rare. It's not dangerous or anything, but I went to a dermatologist. It's like a tooth. Got it. Sure. It was an Oh. I mean, there's just a scar there now. It's an ectopic salivary gland. Basically, it's in a place where it's not supposed to be. And anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't go on. Yeah. So, so you know, simple thing. But the um, the dermatologist that I went to, you know, when I was a child, when I was in high school, was one of those teaching doctors. And so they had a lot of students all the oh, time. Yeah. And so, of course, there I am, like 17, 18, whatever, at the dermatologist. And they're all He's poking like, oh, in this your is mouth. <laughs> he, he walks out and he starts pulling in the other doctors to say, hey, this is a great example of this because he knows none of them had ever seen it in the field before. Mm-hmm. So then I'm sitting there, like, with my lip pulled out like this with, like, six people in staring. In your whitey tighties. <laughs> yes, like, six people staring at my lip and, like, poking, mm-hmm. poking at whatever. And then he, of course, then... It was it was like a TV show or something because then he just removed it, you know, a little scalpel pulled it out, whatever. But it was his first chance to show all of those and that's students. Basically, how to do what that. we're doing. That's essentially what we're six doing. Six or seven people prodding these companies. Yes, for- yes. And now we have a little bit of perspective as to how they may feel when <laughs> when we dig in a little too much. So we've got a lot still to get to on the diagnosis phase, but why don't we take a break and hear from our new sponsor, Plant Magic? Oh, our new our new sponsor, Plant Magic. Yeah. Okay. 
<clears throat> Have you gone off your regularly prescribed meds? Are you looking for something a little more organic? Do you like tripping balls? Then you should try Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms. It's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, boil your Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms into a tea. Step two, draw your tea into a syringe and plunge it into your favorite vein. Step three, die probably. Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms. Definitely don't do this. Wow. That's the copy, huh? That that's yeah, that's it. So um, now, uh, some people may know that Plant Magic is is like your I don't want to say nickname necessarily. Well, it's not trademark, so I guess anybody can use it. Yes, but like your Slack handle is Plant Magic. Yeah, your Gmail is Plant Magic, and it was even on my bike at college. It was spray painted on my bike. Yeah, yeah. right. So, um, uh, so this is actually from a news story that I heard in the last couple of weeks. A guy. <sighs> A guy bought some psilocybic, whatever, mushrooms. So he'd gone, he'd gone off his meds for bipolar disorder, um, had been reading about like LSD and things like that, bought some shrooms, some magic mushrooms, boiled them into a tea, but instead of drinking the tea, put it into a syringe and plugged it and and, and plunged it directly into his bloodstream. And the fungus started growing inside his bloodstream, inside his bloodstream. Yeah. And so he first started presenting symptoms um, where where he was I mean he was tripping balls first, but then he like he started to lose um, uh, motor control like mm-hmm. uh, motor function. Um, he started speaking in completely incoherent like Tums. I mean they were real words, uh, but nothing made sense. Yeah, he couldn't even. Uh, perhaps not surprisingly, he still lived with his parents. Um, his parents took him to the emergency room and he couldn't even describe, he couldn't even tell him what he had done. Like in his mind, he was probably saying, Oh, I bought some shrooms. I boiled them down and I injected them into my blood, but yeah. they were hearing like Cadillac, super 50 highlight marker, dry erase board. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and so it, of course it took him a while, but, but that's when they eventually did blood tests and they found the fungus growing throughout his veins his organs started to shut down. And last I heard, he was still alive. He was in a coma, but he is still alive. Um, still in ICU. But um I could never do shrooms with my yeah. parents around. It would freak me yeah, out. <laughs> I I mean, I don't think we need to I don't need to think we need to be judging this guy's decision making ability right now. I don't think, oh well, my parents are here, so I'll inject these later. Yeah. Um but uh, you know, given your fondness for non-psychedelic Nature. mushrooms. <laughs> Hmm. Um, I, I mean, they're uh, both great. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying like this is your company. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I am trying to do the research and find out who the silent partner is involved yeah. with this company. <laughs> and uh, they won't tell me. But, yeah. Um, so disclaimer, don't do any of that. Um, but you can also Google it. It's a really a fascinating medical story. Yeah. Man. Um, and I probably wouldn't have done this if the guy had died just out of respect, but well, this is really getting released in <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> a couple of weeks. So. That's true. Um, so yes, thank you to our new sponsor <clears throat> plant magic and their new product plant magics, injectable, injectable shrooms. shrooms. I will also tell you that when I saw the first headline, I shared it on Slack with David and I said, this is something Justin would do. No, I would not. <laughs> I would never inject. I don't have a fear of needles, but. 
Oh man, putting stuff into your blood. I, yeah. Well, and you know, it also has the whole like put bleach into your blood to cure. The do it yourself. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to, to cure COVID. And I mean, it just it's in that same vein of story. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. How would you instruct uh, another agency if they were going to take this on? How would you instruct them to go about conducting this this uh, diagnosis phase? I like to break. The, the people that you can talk to into two groups. So they're the state, the, the stakeholders, right? They kind mm-hmm. of become the primary group. So the stakeholders are the ones who have some responsibility for the video. Is there a certain number you're going for? It, it depends. I, I honestly think a three to five is kind of ideal. Three perspectives. Um, I don't know. Three perspectives is two. Two is better than one. Three is better than two. Four to five gets to, I mean, these are real deep conversations and you just start to hear a lot of the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think three is the sweet spot, it, it, but it depends on the company. Mm-hmm. It depends, but these are the people who are ultimately responsible for this content. So it could be a senior vice president of marketing who is um, who has said, yes, we're going to spend X number of dollars on video. Mm-hmm. And we need it to do this, this, and this for us this year. Mm-hmm. That's someone who is invested in the success. Mm-hmm. They of own the video. budget. They're yeah. yes, and they've got to staff accordingly and put the right resources out there, and and all those kinds of things, right? Um, and then maybe you've got a you know uh, digital marketing manager who's going to be the more day to day contact. Mm-hmm. Um, with you as an agency, or they're responsible for making sure that the projects get managed and that the content that's supposed to be made gets made. And then maybe you've got the person who um, is their lead copywriter or some kind of subject matter expert or someone who's involved in the actual making of that content. They've got that perspective. They write all the blogs. So maybe mm-hmm. they've, they've got that like voice. tone of voice mm-hmm. and, and, and they know what the key messaging is and, and those kinds of things. Those people I would put as the primary stakeholders and those are the conversations I want to have first. Mm-hmm. And then – the entire secondary group almost comes out of those first conversations. As you're digging into these things, who else could I talk to to get a perspective about this particular thing? Mm-hmm. So oftentimes uh, we'll be talking to the marketing department and uh, some misalignment between marketing and sales comes up. Marketing maybe feels like their job is to produce effective content for the sales team to use, but the sales team just isn't using it for Mm -hmm. some reason. Well, that gives us the opportunity that gives you the opportunity to then reach out to someone in sales and talk to them from the person who's actually supposed to be pushing the content out there. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you? Mm -hmm. Is it a, Oh, this stuff is disorganized and I don't have time to figure out where what I'm looking for is. Well, that's something that should be addressed. Is it the content that marketing is making isn't what my isn't prospects relevant. need to hear? Yeah. So, I mean, they all look great, but like I've already talked about these things mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. So oftentimes we'll talk to someone in sales, we'll survey the sales team, whatever, those kinds of things. That's a great secondary conversation. Um, and sometimes even on the kickoff, when we're kind of explaining the difference between primary and secondary, one of the primaries will say, oh, by the way, we need to get so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so on these because they're, you know, director of, of product development. 
and they want to be doing some product marketing videos. So it's not a product marketing person, but that's the person who's going to be able to tell us the most about the product so that we can recommend the right way to break out certain Mm -hmm. content, things like that. So the primary ones are responsible for the project. The secondary ones are basically the extra perspective and the like super detail on specific parts. Mm -hmm. And we try to hold all of these over two weeks. Because you could, I mean, you could do it for three months. Sure. But uh, at some point, you're going to forget what happened in a conversation three months ago. So you condense this as much as you can. As much as you can. Yeah. Um, And of course, you know, the more, and and that's why I think when you get to primary stakeholders, you know, four or five people, it just gets, it feels like it gets exponentially harder to schedule everybody. When you you add one more person, it's just that much harder to get everyone scheduled. So the, the primary stakeholders get the questions about goals, audience. Platforms, competition, uh, key messaging, differentiators, and resources. Yeah. And then secondary conversations are more targeted and specific to their relevant actions involving the yeah, so, you know, so, material. Yeah. So uh, it's also worth noting that that whenever possible, we try to send um, kind of a, a pre-interview survey or questionnaire to the primary stakeholders. Yeah. What's the purpose of that? Those are very similar client to client. Those are some of those, um, in, you know, in a hundred words, describe, you know, your top initiatives, your Mm -hmm. top marketing initiatives for this year. They're the things that they can spend. I think the last one we did, it takes seven minutes to go through, but it, it, one, it starts to prime them thinking about the types of questions we want to ask, because part of this too is, when you're doing this, everyone seems to put with video in parentheses at the end of every question you ask. So, yeah, so, good example. So if you say, what are your goals this year? If you're asking the SVP mm. of marketing, I want to know what their marketing goals are for the entire marketing department and for the company hearing, down here. And they're hearing, what are your goals for video this year? And they respond with that question. Yes. Yeah. What are your goals for this year? Well, I want video to be something we do more of. Okay. Well, that's why we're here. Mm -hmm. But like, tell me about your specific goals that you are like measured on Mm -hmm. for this year. And then if they do video, then you say, okay, and what about other content? And so when you put the question out there, you can actually provide that kind of context, you know, outside of video, what are the content initiatives Mm -hmm. you're doing? Those kinds of things. So you get to one prime them to start, you know, understand that you're going to be talking about bigger picture stuff when you're talking to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it also provides us context because so often these are new client relationships for us. Yeah. And so we've basically done enough research in the sales process and like between the kickoff and the first stakeholder conversations that we know kind of what they're trying to accomplish. uh, Like big picture, like they, they know that they've got a campaign a product video campaign that they want to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what this whole springboard is about. Or they got a bunch of money to spend on video because they've never done video before. So what are the ways for their entire marketing department to utilize video? Mm -hmm. So, so we know about that much going on the uh, going in these surveys provide us um, a lot of context and a lot of places, a, a, a lot of opportunities to, follow up on those answers. So instead of spending 15 minutes on like, tell me about your role, what are your primary responsibilities? What are you accountable for? That stuff's already been answered in the survey. Mm -hmm. And I can highlight certain things and I can say, 
you know, after the three minutes of, you know, small talk, um, I can say now on your survey, you indicated that X, Y, Z, let's talk more about that. Mm -hmm. And, and so you're, you, especially when you've got like an hour with these people, um, is an hour enough time you feel like? Not really. <laughs> um, we, I, I mean, I, I've been, I've been <clears throat> adding some pillars recently um, because we've been doing more of these. Uh, I feel like 90 minutes, I could get through everything I need to, but there's always follow-up conversations. Sure. So you've always got the opportunity to, um, to go back and say, okay, here's some things that we didn't touch on. Let, let's, you know, and that can be through an email or, or whatever. Um, so it really just helps, helps provide context and also guide that hour of, of live, like real time conversation to, to basically all your questions are follow up questions. So you get to dig deeper on the things you want to, and then you've got all of this other context that, mm -hmm. you know, is just there. So, uh, Tell I don't know more why about, we brought about, brought up those in the first place. <clears throat> uh, just part of the process. Um, tell me more about the small talk. Do you like their go-to questions for you? I hate small talk. <laughs> um, How was your Christmas? So uh, I'm joking. You don't have to. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's worth. Well, cause they are strangers to some degree, right? Yeah. I, I think you have to build a rapport, especially from our perspective. We're, we're at the very beginning of what we're hoping is a long and collaborative partnership. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of getting to understand how people operate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, like what's their sense of humor? How serious do they take this? Like, are they kind of spacey or like <laughs> because they've got this time blocked off? Are they like 100 percent in? Are they prepared or <laughs> exactly? D did you get the survey back from them, mm -hmm. um, you know, more than five minutes before the call starts or whatever? So um, but it's also and, and I think this just goes to like, especially with video conferences uh, and video chats, you just can't have that like everybody's on and like nobody's starting the meeting kind of silence mm -hmm. thing like that's so you got to be prepared for for um for a little bit of of that like starting to get to know each other but again you've only got 60 maybe 90 minutes to get into some serious questions yeah that these people have some really serious answers to mm -hmm. um and you've got to be able to be nimble enough to kind of know where to follow up in that time so you don't really have a whole lot of time for small talk, but, but be yourself. I mean, ask that we try to put some of our personality in the survey also, mm -hmm. like just, just ask questions in a certain way or use the description, mm -hmm. you know, to just be a little bit snarky or, sure. or something like that. That just kind of sets that tone. Um, I think it's also important um, that we note that each of these stakeholder conversations really should happen one stakeholder at a time. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's so, especially with all the talk that we've just been doing about like, you know, getting the most out of the time, it could be tempting to have all three of those primary stakeholders yes. in one 90 minute conversation. And they'll likely ask for that. Yes. <clears throat> one person will dominate that conversation and the other two people will say, just nod. no, I, I think she was right about that. <laughs> mm -hmm. that. That she pretty much covered everything. Yeah. And that doesn't help you. That defeats the purpose of talking to multiple people. Yeah. And so you've really got to get people one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and be able to ask them these questions. And I, you know, it's also really important that, that you organize these questions in advance. Mm -hmm. So, so if the pillars are, are goals, audience, platforms, competition, content, key messaging, differentiators, resources, have your kind of notes document broken down into those suggestions, into those sections with some suggested questions mm -hmm. in there. 
you're not necessarily going one, you don't want to be a robot and just go question to question and not follow up on things, but let that then kind of guide the conversation because oftentimes people will start talking about, you know, CRM platform when they're talking about their current distribution channel. Mm. So you may not, you may not have asked them yet about like attribution or integrating with their CRM or anything, but when they're talking about, uh, oh, well, we just use YouTube embeds. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and we embed YouTube videos on our site, but they've also like created a lot of other content that is really gated mm-hmm. and they're using HubSpot or Salesforce or something like that to, to capture those leads and score those leads, but they're not doing it with video. Like sometimes they'll just jump to that and maybe they talk about goals, but one of their goals is to engage this persona more. Mm-hmm. So you haven't also asked them about audience yet, but they're like jumping yeah. into. So people are going to jump around um, and you've got to be able to just kind of go with the flow, but you've also got to make sure that you have what you need mm-hmm. from them to be able to say, because of this, this, and this, we recommend a video series that does this speaks to these people, gets them to do this on these platforms, whatever. We, I don't know that either of us have put much thought into this, but so I'm just throwing this out there in case we, either of us have an answer. How might you go about doing this internally as a, as like without hiring an external agency? How would you go about doing this internally? With, um, I imagine if you're doing it internally, but maybe you don't even have a video producer on staff you could just be building out your strategy and then bringing that to a producer yeah i mean there's a it's an interesting question um so i'm immediately drawn to a springboard we we started to do internally for ourselves for our own content Mm -hmm. and um depending on the organization i think there's an opportunity to make building a roadmap part of a like onboarding process for a new employee. It could be a really interesting way mm. for somebody to come in and get to understand Learn. what the company and the department is all about. Mm-hmm. If you gave them this framework and said, I need you to schedule time with myself, this person and this person. And the first thing we're going to have you do in, in your first two or three weeks here is develop what you think a good video. And, and of course it could be video roadmap, social media content roadmap, you know, whatever. Um, it could be an interesting way with someone who's relatively new to to give them the opportunity to dig in, and especially if it's like your first video hire. If this person is supposed to be responsible for the mm-hmm. video content, um, that could be something. You've got to choose. I mean, the most important thing is you've got to choose. Well, because you you mentioned the importance of having two people listening while the stakeholder yeah. is talking. But those two people who are listening have to be intelligent. Uh, not to say, I don't know, like they just have to have like a. Or, or just good listeners. Sure. And then they have to, in order to put that prescription together, they have to know video. Yes. But that's another episode. <laughs> that's the next part. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, look, two, two people. Interviewing the stakeholders is better than one. Yeah. But one is better than none. So if, if, if you give it to one person to do, it's, you can't just do it on yourself. Basically you can't, you can't say, Oh, well I know 
I'm the digital marketing director. I know everything that, that, you know, I'm just, I can fill in the blanks myself. That's just not the way to go about this. If you're the digital marketing director, you may have some ideas, but you need to ask the people around you these questions also. Um, and if there's only one of you, then there's only one of you. But <clears throat> I think the point is don't just write out goals with like a paragraph box below it, an audience with a paragraph box, and just fill it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, you're not going to get anything new. Yeah. Um, then, then kind of what's, in, what's in your head anyway. Um, yeah. Now, you may consider yourself a stakeholder also. And so, you know, interview your boss and one of the people who helped support you as primary stakeholders, and then go back. And as you're trying to compile it, add your own thoughts, you know, things that maybe they didn't say that you think are important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, and so I mean, I guess the answer is it depends on the size of the organization and what and kind the of skill level. people resources yeah. you have. But but you're right it it takes it takes a it takes enough of an analytical person with enough video experience to ultimately be able to say because these are my goals, these are the types of videos I think we need to make. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more to it than that. Some like that's the prescription part, but like that that's that's the magic part. Somebody can diagnose their Salvatore gland, whatever you're right. They could figure it out. His name isn't Salvatore. <laughs> it's uh but yeah, but it's not likely that you're going to get it. All, the rash, right. Or the prescription, right. Or any like, right. I, in, in fact, I thought it was like a pimple on the inside of my mm-hmm. head and it just didn't go away. And so, I mean, Fortunately, I was still in high school, so I think my mom was like, "Okay, I'm taking you to the doctor to get this looked at." If I had been in like college or an adult, <laughs> I'd probably still have it. And I'd just be like flicking it with my tongue the whole time. Ew. Um, <laughs> just delete all that. No, no, leave it all in. I haven't been involved in one of our springboards for quite some time now. Um, just fortunate enough to have the amount of business we're we're all handling different things. Yeah. So it's mostly been you and David and, and some other folks, but. Um, what are some of the questions you're using right now that are really pulling that gold, you know, mining that gold from yeah. these conversations? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, I've got them all kind of broken down into the pillars. Um, and this is probably something, honestly, that we can um, take some names off of and, and publish. Uh, you can find it right here at the specialized link uh, that David's going to make If we up. ever get around to. <laughs> um, and, um, but, I, you know, so I've got, I've got one this afternoon. Um, and so the document that I've got prepared for that, you know, it, it, first of all, I've got all the survey answers above it that I've pasted in. So I can kind of review that and, mm-hmm. and refer to those in one document. But when I get to like the convo questions section, um, starting with goals and, and some of these are going to be more relevant, but they're also just like conversation starters. Mm-hmm. So what are you trying to accomplish with this video? That's probably not something I'm going to ask today because we're, we're looking at an entire marketing department. So I may just change that to like, what are you trying to accomplish with video? Mm-hmm. Um, what are your company <clears throat> objectives this year? Oh, well, the CEO has said that, you know, we need to increase revenue by this and profitability by this and whatever. Um, what are the marketing department's goals this year? And then what are your personal objectives this year? So that kind of goes from like, well, just what are you trying to do? to company, business unit, personal. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of this too, we're trying to make our clients the hero, right? Mm -hmm. 
So how can we help them succeed? How can we help them look good to their boss? Those kinds of things. So those are literally the only four questions I have based on the answer to probably whichever one I decide to, to ask first, we're going to have a 15 minute discussion on goals. And I will follow up with questions like, you know, okay, you said you want to increase MQLs. Do you, do you have a particular number? Mm-hmm. You know, is it a 25% increase? Or are you trying to go from, you know, 27 a week to 35 a week or whatever? Try to get those specific kinds of things. Those aren't questions I would put on this page because maybe only a third of the people I'm going to be talking to actually have that as a goal. But that's where that kind of active listening comes mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. That's where you dig in. So those are the only four questions I have for goals. Then um, I'm kind of listening for, are we going into any of the other sections? But if we're not, then I say, okay, great. Let's talk about audience. Um, Who are we speaking to? What are your personas? And I like positioning it like that. And also, if if I reference one of the survey questions, one of the survey questions is on a scale of one to 10, how detailed or developed are your buyer personas Mm -hmm. and their corresponding journeys? So, like zero, and this is, I think, where we put in some of our personality is like zero is like persona, you say, or something like the What's a persona? What, you know, five is is like, I think I know who they are. And 10 is like, I know their uh, name, address, mother's maiden name, mm-hmm. you know, how many, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, so so like for this one, for example, I know that their answer was seven out of 10. So um, they're going to have a relatively detailed personas. But if I don't have that information by just asking, what are your audience personas? The way that they answer that question is going to tell me a lot about how detailed they are, because they're either going to say, well, we've got four or five, four primary personas mm-hmm. and maybe they have ma- names. Maybe they don't. But one is a senior vice president of marketing at a tech company that, that like, Already, we're talking about, okay, it's a little more sophisticated. This is more sophisticated. So I'm taking, and the other people on the call are taking copious notes here. And you transcribe it too. Yes. Um, To to go through and make sure that we don't miss any of those personas, because those are going to be a key element of of the recommendations that we make, because it's, you know, a video that does this for these people on these platforms, getting them to do that. So we're going to probably say, this is a video for the... Greg persona, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then, and then after they've, you know, watch succession. No, (laughs) Greg is awesome. Um, and then, you know, okay, well with each of those personas or depending on how detailed they were, it's like, what, what is your customer journey or what are each of those personas journeys? Mm -hmm. How do they go from never having heard of you to becoming a client? And so again, they're going to have a different level of detail. Um, and you just kind of have to to go off that. Um, another, and we've talked about this in multiple episodes, what questions are they asking at each stage of that journey? That's that's the easiest way to start to map out a roadmap mm-hmm. is just by saying these are the questions that are being asked. This is the content that answer these questions. And these are the gaps. So this is where we're going to start with video. Um, <clears throat> where do your audiences spend the most time in their journey? What inefficiencies or speed bumps do you see? That's a way to be effective quickly, right? If somebody's stalling out in the consideration phase. Oh, okay. In the journey. Right? In the, yeah. Um, then let's let's prioritize some content to get them from consideration into decision. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what? And then this, this one kind of goes to, I don't actually have content as its own. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, 
So this is a good time then to say, and what content do you have that currently addresses those questions? So that's another where like I'm in the audience section, but I'm starting to address the content kind of stuff. Um, and then of course, you know, outside of people, it, like if they have no personas, then at least your backup question is, are there any specific industries you're talking mm-hmm. And then you can kind of go through the same thing with industries. How specific do they get in those industries? Um, I like asking some questions about process. What does the pre-sale process look like? It's interesting to hear that from a marketing person. You get a lot of ideas about marketing and sales alignment mm-hmm. through that. How do marketing and sales interface or align? You're going to hear a lot of those like marketing people are going to kind of shit on salespeople and salespeople are going to kind of shit on marketing people. Or they're going to say it's just one big, you know, like we're all kind of lumped together Mm -hmm. here. Um, That's going to help you identify the opportunities um, to create to how you might share content, how involved might salespeople. Sure. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Where's the overlap? Channels and platforms, right? What distribution channels do you utilize for content? Um, Which ones really work for you? Which ones do you suck at? Um, Part of what we do is we go through and we just look at those channels and see what kind of engagement are they getting on those channels? Mm -hmm. Even just how many followers are there? I mean, we had had one client that had like three YouTube subscribers um, and like 6,000 people following their company on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, LinkedIn's got to be one of those channels that we <laughs> that we distribute content mm-hmm. on. And sure, we can put stuff on YouTube, but like we're gonna reach more people if we're putting it on LinkedIn. It would sure. be it would be irresponsible of us not to. Um, you know, and then you get to go through and and do some 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 specific questions. So here's one, um, kind of that I'm that I referenced earlier. You know, on your site, I see lots of gated content but just YouTube embeds of a few videos on your resources page, you know, why aren't you capturing lead info data from video also? Mm-hmm. Is that something you'd like to be able to do? I mean, that's a no brainer question. Cause if they're putting that much gated content on their site to capture that information that isn't video, they're likely going to want to be able to do that um, with their video content too. So that gets to what kind of platform recommendations are we looking at? That's not, I mean, that's a fundamental part of this is uh, of the roadmap is not just here's the content we're going to make, but here's how we're going to get it to people. And part of that is here's the platform we're going to use on our site um, to capture people's information, integrate with our CRM, Mm -hmm. whatever that stuff is. So those are the kind of the primary um, pillars. And then, you know, key messaging, you know, why do your clients buy and use your product? What problems are you solving for them? That then just triggers that whole conversation and and people tend to use a lot of their like like defined messaging in some of their talk track too so i really like when i'm taking the notes too is i actually like to put quotes around Mm. as close to the direct quotes as i can get so like my notes are kind of my interpretation of something but when i hear something that i really like from someone i try to get it as word for word as possible you can always go back to the recording or the transcript but I put quotes around it because to me that lends more credence to that that comment than maybe my interpretation of, of a comment, which might be a different note. Um, so a, a lot of their key messaging is just going to come out in a lot of their, you know, uh, a lot of their other conversation, especially when you start to get to um, competition. I lump competition and differentiators because basically it's like, well, do, these are our competition, but here's what we do better than them. Yeah. 
Makes um, sense. Here's what they do better. Who do you see as your biggest competition? <clears throat> what do they do that you don't? What do you do that they don't? Um, and then, of course, we're going to come back on the back end. We're going to look at those uh, those competitors, look at their sites, look at their YouTube channels, things like that. What is their messaging? What are they saying their differentiators are? How are they presenting? Are they good at using video? Mm-hmm. Do they suck at using video? Is there an opportunity to stand out because their top three competitor? I mean, we've got one client where we heard like their, their top two or three competitors and all three of those competitors videos looked exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And they were stock footage of construction sites. And I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if some of them even used the same stock video clips. And so we were able to just creatively go a completely different direction. And that's just going to stand out yep. from, from all that other content. So, and then there's this whole like other questions. What keeps you up at night? Uh, if in three years you're happy in your personal and professional life, what mm-hmm. has happened? Um, what does success look like for video or this video? Those kinds of, you know, follow-up questions that help you understand what they're going to be drawn to, what they're looking for. Is that for, what you what mean by the mountain? Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, I've kind of taken the mountain out of this, but, but a way that we used to do it um, was, yeah, you basically, you start, um, you, <clears throat> Ask them about themselves, ask them about the department, ask them about their company, and then come back to their department and themselves. So you, you kind of, as you go through the goal, so the personal goals, you know, what are your goals? What are the department goals? What are, you know, the, the audience? You're kind of moving up that mountain, and then you always bring the conversation back to something personal. What makes this work for you? So you start with that small talk. You start with that. Tell me about your role. You start with Mm -hmm. that. What are you trying to do? What's the most important thing in in your job? And then you get into these kind of big picture conversations and then you always come back to them as a person. You know, what is, you know, what makes this a success for you? But so you can get their motivations. And that's, I mean, that's important, not so much from being able to develop a strategic concept, but understanding what you can sell to someone. And I don't mean like what an external vendor can sell to a client. I mean, how can you convince someone or help prioritize certain things? And if you can take their motivations into account on how you might prioritize things, it's more likely to get that thing greenlit. Mm -hmm. So if you know that your boss is really motivated by X, Y, and Z, um, it may help you make some tiebreakers on which content to produce first. Because they're more likely to say, okay, I'll give and you the yeah, budget to do this. Yeah, they're more enthusiastic about yeah. it, too. It's going to make the production process a lot, yeah. well, hopefully, a lot better. Another key element outside of those questions, I, depending on the relationship that you have with the client or, or with your boss or, or coworkers or whatever, an element that wasn't on that list of questions was what resources are available. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, we pose this as part of the halftime report, which we'll get to in a second. Um But what's actually available to us to make this stuff? Um, For us, it's almost always about what's the budget that's been set aside to make a video. Mm -hmm. Because because this is what we do, we can come up with 30 strategic concepts that could be completely relevant for a marketing department. But if they have enough budget for three videos, it at the very least helps us prioritize which ones to make first. Sure. And then the remaining 27 concepts are stuff we'll get to over the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Or, or even how to make 
like to what level do we make yeah. these? And, and these are value? the videos that we bring in, you know, uh, an outside production company for. Mm-hmm. These are the ones that, you know, I as the in-house video department do uh, in-house. And these are the ones that I can have our salespeople do as one-off videos. Mm-hmm. And I can train <clears> them how to do that or whatever. So it's important to understand what those kind of, you know, money, people, time, resources are before you start planning out a roadmap because it's just going to help you be more efficient mm-hmm. um, in in how you present that kind of stuff. And, and again, depending on the relationship, that kind of dictates when you have that conversation. If it's an existing client and you're doing a roadmap for a particular in- new initiative of theirs, that's something you can probably have in, in one of the stakeholder conversations if you haven't already mm-hmm. with the client. Um, so that's a key element. And then you take the answers to all those questions from your primary and secondary conversations from each of the interviewers. And then you all have to come together and put that enormous amount of information together in Mm -hmm. some kind of organized manner. So why don't we, why don't we begin the next one by describing what is in the halftime document or presentation and walking through maybe even some examples or something. Um, and then, and then I think we'll, from there, we'll be able to get it. Like basically the halftime report, is your foundation for building your roadmap yes. for moving forward. So, um, that's a good tease. Yes. Well, we finally, I mean, we've got to, they want to hear about the halftime. They're going to have to wait. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, let's hear from our sponsor again. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Just to have a slightly different read. I feel like there's, yeah. We... Our new sponsor is plant magic. <clears throat> Have you gone off your regularly prescribed meds? Are you looking for something a little more organic? Do you like tripping balls? Then you should try Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms. It's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, boil your Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms into a tea. Step two, draw said tea into a syringe and plunge into your favorite vein. Step three, die probably. Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms. Definitely don't do this. Which one's your favorite vein? Um... It's in that like place between the crotch and the leg, like mm-hmm. right, right down here. Yeah, gotcha. It's just a good one because nobody looks there, right? So you see I the mean, tracks on your arm. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, also, notoriously difficult to uh, to get a vein here. When oh, I go yeah. in for labs, I tell them up front. I was like, "Good luck," and they're like, "I do this for a living. I got this." And then ten minutes later, they're like, "I'm so sorry. Let's try the other one." <laughs> But yeah, it's a good one because nobody looks, nobody yeah. looks, nobody thinks to look there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's see. What did we talk about today? We talked about essentially part one of the creating your own roadmap process. Which is a three a three part process, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, sure. You know, diagnose. The diagnosis is in the halftime. So I think like the stakeholder conversations, halftime, prescription, roadmap. Sure. Um. Right, we're gonna we're gonna have multiple people interview multiple stakeholders. Mm-hmm. We're gonna ask them about goals, audience, platforms and channels, competition, content, key messaging, differentiators, and eventually what resources do we have available? Um, and that is all of the information that you need to then synthesize in the halftime report to then be able to start coming up with your strategic concepts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we discussed today on part two. We will get into the halftime report itself, as well as how to develop strategic concepts based on all of the data that we have. 
So make sure to subscribe, then be notified uh, the next time that episode is uh, is available, which is probably going to be two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> um, it would be mean of us to break them up into with other stuff in between. Um, all right. Or you just never publish it, and then they have to hire us. Yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm.